0: If you want to have the best sex of your life, it is not the the blue pill or a sex toy or some amazing tantric sex position. If you can amplify your masculinity and you help her fall into her feminine, I'm telling you, you'll have the best sex of your life. I don't care how crappy of a job you do. It will be the most heart-pounding sexual experience of your life because the magnetism and the polarization will be so strong that nothing else matters. It will not matter because she'll just melt in your arms. I'm telling you that right now. And the way to do that are like programs like yours, Rich, like getting your mind clear of porn.
1: What is going on, everybody? Guys, welcome back this week to another amazing very, very impactful episode of The Superman Life. As always, guys, I'm your host, Frank Rich. And Before we dive into today's guest and conversation, let me just start off by reminding you how incredibly grateful and blessed we are to have you here with us today. Episode 133 and what a jam-packed conversation we have. This man, uh, this individual, I got a chance to connect with. Uh, we're in the same business, Mastermind. Uh, we met each other. Uh, at a line dancing bar in nashville and right out of the gate uh the conversation was just value driven and we both told each other man we got so much in common we're on the same paths Uh, our missions are aligned with each other uh so i'm so fired up to have him with us here today on the show we have none other than mr rustin webb rustin is one of the world's leading experts and uh, personal training from Brighton, Colorado. He holds a master's degree in human movement, and he's considered to be in the top one percent of his field. Now, he also holds multiple certifications through the Tightless Performance Institute as a Level Three Golf Fitness Instructor and an Advanced Corrective Exercise Specialist through the FMS. Now, he's also certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist through the NSCA. Now, as an expert in the industry, he has had the privilege to co-author the 2011 Personal Training Curriculum for Heritage College with the American Council on Exercise and was featured in Link Magazine for personal training career colleges. He has made guest, experience, uh, guest appearances on the uh, Colorado Today Show three times for his personal training expertise. He's been featured in a video series for training tips and advice for Heritage College. Now, Rustin draws upon his vast experiences to help clients achieve their fitness goals using the most advanced research and networking strategies to accommodate these individuals' needs. That's one side of what Rustin does. He's passionate about strength, mobility, and helping men build the body that they are meant to build. But he's also just as passionate about helping men level up in the areas of masculinity. So in this conversation, Russ and I dive into his backstory about what brought him to fitness and how did he fall into mobility? Because mobility is not something you really think about when you think about strong men. You think about strength, bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, performance. You don't really think about mobility. So we got into why is this important for men? Uh, we talk about some of the industry uh where they're falling short when it comes to mobility. We if you have some, some real time tools for you to go out there and maybe test some of your mobility. And then about halfway through, we really transition and be getting deep into the conversation on masculinity, which is you know, something we're really passionate about here at the Superman life. So we talk about what is masculinity, where does it stem from? Why is it important for men to understand the dynamics between masculinity and feminine uh, femininity and how they begin to show up in their, relationships and in their lives as a more masculine man and obviously we're going to talk about masculinity you need to address the buzzword that's all around the world and really throwing that down our throats here in society toxic masculinity why is this a major problem is it really a real thing um so much we talk about the top books the top traits so much for you guys to walk away with so i'm so fired up for you to get into this conversation so without further ado let's get into today's episode the guides the gentleman's guide to mobility and masculinity with none other than Webb. We'll see you guys on the other side rustin my brother welcome to the superman life
0: thanks for having me this
1: is gonna be fun dude this is gonna be this is gonna be a great time man we're just gonna i think we're probably gonna really just extend the conversation that we had on on your show a couple weeks ago but for the the audience out there uh we have rustin here rustin and i are both members of the same business group and we connected um a few months back it's which is crazy to think it's already been like almost two months uh since we we're up in nashville Um, And right out of the gate, man, it was just like this, this, this connection, we were in a line dancing bar. And it was like, should have had the microphone right there with us, you know, because the conversation that we were having was like, Oh, my God, like, we have to connect, we have to get this out into the world. So I'm so fired up to have you here today. And, you know, it was one thing that was interesting. For me, you know, talking about the mastermind in, in seven figure mastermind with 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 Vince, you know, when I first joined back in 2017, like even back then, like I knew that it wasn't always going to be about fitness. Like I had originally joined the mastermind to build my fitness company, but even back then, like I wanted to get into the life stuff. I wanted to get into business coaching and Vince was very adamant. He's like, hey, just take this a little bit slow because people will come to you for the fitness information, but they will stick around for the life advice. And I think that's probably been a similar, you know, example for you. You know, you've obviously been in the fitness space uh, for for decades now. You've you've built uh, multiple businesses in the mobility, the PT space, and now you're really passionate about coaching men in masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see. Like, I think our journeys are so similar and, and and parallel. But I also know so many people use fitness as their gateway into kind of the self development space right? Like that was me back when I was like a young kid. Like I had these insecurities and these doubts about myself and they were, they were stemmed from physical insecurities, right? So I got into fitness that became a passion for bodybuilding. Bodybuilding showed me like, if you put in the work, you can change your body. If you change your body, you can change your life. So I think your journey has probably been similar as well. So where I'd like to start with you, Rustin is when did fitness make its way into your life?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. That's a deep question, which actually ties in with masculinity. (laughs) so i'll 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 try to make this quick for you, but this is a good backstory for you so I actually grew up with um a, an abusive father, so he was he's what I would consider um a toxic masculinity okay um not by the standards of what you might see online or some random definitions, but just displayed um abuse control things like that and so growing up with that, I think that stemmed in my mind that I wanted to be stronger and bigger and and muscular and protect myself my my family you know things like that from that space so i'm kind of diving deep here but
1: yeah what age what age
0: by the way uh what age did i start like fitness were you kind of
1: no Were you kind of having some of these thoughts like i mean as i gotta protect like the family yeah
0: i I would say around 12 13 i I started thinking about wanting to get in shape and and build a body and some of it might have been just being, you know, a guy wanting to get in shape, but I think there was an, a very underlining part of me that knew I needed to protect myself as I got bigger and, and older um, from this from this monster, right, that was in my house. Um, and so that that did stem my fitness journey, or at least a passion for it. I played sports my whole life. I, I ran track actually in college uh, at at the University of Colorado. I was a sprinter there. So fitness has always been a part of my life, but that's how I got started. Yeah. Was, was need to want to be, um, a protector for myself, my family. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then as, as this is going to kind of stem into that mobility section, but once I ran track at CU, I kept getting injured over and over in my sprinting career and I kept tearing my hamstrings and the PTs and the uh, athletic trainers could not tell me why. They kept saying that my quads were stronger than my hamstrings, which should, they should be <laughs> um, if you know physiology. And so um, it confused me and it frustrated me, which brought me into the world of kinesiology. And that's where I ended up going to school, getting a master's degree in, in exercise science uh, and things like that. So that stemmed that whole fitness side for me. It was kind of
1: Yeah, so... Yeah. So, so the seed was really planted at a young age, 12, 13. And then, yeah. you know, that was more from like, I got to be a protector. We're definitely going to, we're definitely going to get into that. Cause I think that there's a lot that we're going to be able to extract out of that part of, of your journey. Um, and then the college sports, but, but I do want to touch a little bit because I mean, you truly are one of the best in the world when it comes to mobility, right? You know, you've obviously, you've created certifications, uh, for PTs themselves. You've launched multiple programs. Uh, you've partnered with a past guest, uh, on the show here with Funk Roberts. Um, so I really want to really, really touch on that. Cause I think one thing that's unique about you is like, when you look at you, I mean, you look like an Adonis Greek God, right? You see this guy, he's like Jack bodybuilder physique model, whatever it is. And like, that's not what most people think about with mobility but talk to maybe the importance of mobility for men and and more specifically like men that are chasing muscular development because I think it's something that gets pushed to the side a lot
0: yeah yeah so uh i owned i owned a gym for 11 years and and saw all sorts of injuries taking place and the combination of my education um in the fitness industry really helped me kind of decide like what What was important to keep the longevity of somebody's fitness um, journey, right? And in order to make it last longer, we had to prevent injuries. And, you know, just being with client after client, you know this, but, you know, once you have pain, it, it is so easy to stop doing what you're doing because it's an alarm that is so loud in your body that it's just, it, it I mean, there's nothing else you can hear, right? Right other than that pain going off in your body. And so, so many people just stop working out or they'll, they'll hear from a doctor, just, hey, take it easy, rest. That rest turns into three weeks, six months, several years, and they just are never the same. And so injury prevention to me is just one of the biggest, uh, I'd say pillars within the, your fitness journey that you have to maintain. And in order to do that, mobility is, is kind of the, at least for me, I believe is the way to do it. Um, and I, I was taught in college that mobility comes first, then stability, meaning if we create mobility in the right joints of the body, then we can build stability on top of it. But if you're too stable and you try to build mobility later, you get stuck. And so mobility is kind of one of those things that I, I, pu- I push everyone to, and, and look, I work with mostly men, but if you want to have a physique and you want the body that you're looking for, you've got to maintain the mobility that what that looks like from kind of a broad spectrum is our thoracic spine. That's the middle of your back. We lack so much range of motion in the middle of our back because we're hunched over at a computer, on our cell phones, playing video games, in a car. Everything's kind of crunching us down into this awkward position, right? And we lose so much mobility there that it causes problems in the shoulders. So we lose Mm -hmm. mobility there. We lose mobility in the shoulder. We get neck problems, things like that. Same could be said with with so many people that complain about lower back pain or knee pain. We sit so much that we lose so much mobility in the hips that the lower back or the knees take a hit. So what I uh, teach a lot of my clients is anytime you've got some pain in your joints, it's typically a lack of mobility in the joint above or below it, right? Um, so like a lack of mobility in the hip, you're going to see problems in the knee or in the lower back. Or if we're missing mobility in the thoracic spine, you're going to see shoulder problems, neck problems, or lower back problems. So, there, I mean, there's no perfect cookie-cutter answer to this. However, when we address mobility, usually it starts to take care of itself. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully the listeners can kind of understand that.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's great. I want to, I want to dive a little bit, a little bit deeper here. Um, So when we're talking about mobility, what's, what's the difference between mobility? You've addressed mobility, stability, but I think a lot of people interlock or intertwine mobility and flexibility. So can you kind of speak to the difference between the two of those? Yeah,
0: that's a great question. A lot of people completely mix those together when they're completely separate. So flexibility is the range of motion of your muscles or the length in which you can stretch your muscles. And mobility is the range of motion of a joint. So they're they're very different. Now, they can kind of blend together. But I've known people that are very flexible with poor mobility. And I've met people with great mobility and terrible flexibility. So they don't just go together. And it doesn't mean because you have one, you have both. Right? Um, and so stretching, if I just did stretches, long, slow stretches, which a lot of people do, and that's still good. But that's, that's working the muscles and helping them get into a lengthened state. That doesn't necessarily mean my joints are going to have good range of motion. So what I teach with mobility is how to use muscles to actually improve range of motion in the joints. So we are going to use our muscles into flexion and activation, which actually causes that joint to open up more because the muscles are actively doing it. It's not a passive stretch, if that makes sense.
1: No, no, hundred percent. I love this. I love this so much. So zero in hand, you know, to, to a dominant male male audience, what have you noticed, you know, with working with as many men, you know, online now, but obviously in the past you've, you've had your hands on clients, where do you see most men are struggling most with their mobility? Is there kind of a, a couple key areas or is it all over the board?
0: This is a good question. So because I have a bunch of men in my program, we, we got, I've got men in the program ranging from, you know, their thirties Um, into their, I have some men in in their seventies. What's funny is I have my mobility program in, in the muscular gentlemen. And it's funny because the younger men don't, um, don't adhere to it as much as the men that are older, meaning the older gentlemen are more wise and they pick up on how bad they need that mobility. And so they're more apt to do it. And they rave about it. They're like, "I feel so good. My workouts are better. You know, all this other stuff." They're sitting there realizing how important it is to maintain this fitness journey. Um, the younger ones, they hit up my workouts consistently, but then I can notice in my program, where, you know, if they're doing them or not. Um, and they they slack off on the mobility. So it's it's quite interesting. I think the younger you are, the more important it is because I can optimize your I can optimize your gym experience. And if you if you lack, if you're lacking, let's say this is for people that want to lift heavy, right? If you want to lift better and heavier with your deadlifts and more and have better form and technique, or if you want to improve your squat, things like that. If I fix your mobility, we're going to change what we call synergistic dominance, where you use the wrong muscles to compensate in a lift. And I'll move you over into a category where you use the prime movers. And now all of a sudden you're lifting heavier and you're, you're, you'll start putting, piecing it together going, Oh my gosh, it's because I can move the right way. Yeah. So yeah. Um, can we give
1: a specific example of a movement or exercise here where there's probably more than half of the audience is struggling with mobility and they're using these, you know, accessory muscles to move it. And we're like, no, we need, actually need to get your glutes driving that. Do you have any, any, just, any good kind examples? Yeah. So a yeah, deadlift is
0: a perfect example. <laughs> um, you like, you just like gave me a layup there uh but yeah so a deadlift is a perfect example so i'll see somebody in the in the weight room doing deadlifts and you can just automatically see this as a, from a fitness professional standpoint you can see this pretty quickly but the lower back which is you know the rector spinae muscles the hamstring muscles those tend to become synergistic dominant muscles where they're not the prime mover i want to see because we're in a hip hinge i want to see those glutes fire first and we call this we call this kinematic sequencing so what it means is if you're going to lift properly, the muscles will fire in a specific order. And that order is important. Because if I just lift with a a deadlift with my lower back and I take the glutes out of the equation, one, I won't even be able to lift very heavy, but two, I'm going to injure myself really fast. So if I change that sequencing and I get the glutes to fire first, then the hamstrings, then the lower back, and I get that sequencing down, I'm going to use all three but I'm going to use them in the correct order. I can get those glutes to maximize that deadlift. I mean, that's an example, right? Mm, No, no, that's, that's,
1: that's, that's great, man. And you know, this is amazing. I mean, we're going, we're going a little bit deeper here on some of these things than than, than I initially thought, but it's, it's incredible. And I mean, like I said, I just, I, I knew right out of the gate. I, I love this dude. I love you even more, Rustin. Now um, we're all about value though, right? Like, is there, is there anything obviously I want to, I, I mean, if, if the guys are interested in learning more about your program, the Muscular Gentleman, they want to kind of get in there. We're going to direct them there at the end of the show. But is there any, you know, one, two nuggets we can get these guys right away. And then we're going to get into more of the masculinity side of, of the conversation. Like, is there a movement that we can, I mean, explain over a podcast or is it, is
0: it, is there nothing really valuable that we can maybe yeah. hand these guys like that they start,
1: a, start working this.
0: That is tough. I will say this. Um, because I, I am more of a proponent of, um, mobility than I am of stretching. There is one stretch that I like for people and that is a hip okay. stretch. And that's because people sit so much. If I was going to tell somebody to stretch anything prior to a workout, which I don't, I typically say you stretch at the end of your workouts, but if you work, because I want, I want muscles to be activated and we know through research, that if we stretch those muscles out too much, yeah, they lose performance, right? So the quality of those contractions are, are lost a little bit, right? So if, but if I stretch the hip flexors out, here's why I say this. Hip flexors, because we sit so much, the hip flexors go into a shortened state. And if I can get you to stretch those out, I actually open up a window of time where the opposite side, your glutes, have a chance to start activating. And if we're gonna lift, we got to use the glutes. Um, I'd say that's, in my opinion, the king of the core. Um, it's the backside of the core, but it's it's really important. Um, so if I can get glute activation, meaning I've opened up the hips correctly, then I'm going to maximize my lifts pretty fast. So that is one stretch that I would recommend. Um, and then do some glute bridges right after. So if you do a hip flexor stretch, you can Google this. You can find this everywhere, right? uh, Google hip flexor stretch and then Google a, a glute bridge. And there'll be like 800 YouTube videos on this, right? But getting the glutes to fire, you're, you're flexing them and you're bridging up. And you just those two simple moves, I mean, super simple, but if we can start getting the hips to open up and the glutes to fire correctly, you're on your way to getting a better body and, and working out more consistently with the right muscles
1: yeah no i love this i love this so much man you're you're maybe one of five people in the world that you know i've I've heard say with me being one of them so maybe there's four other ones that's like no don't stretch before your workout like the entire if if you're going to train for performance muscle building strength power you need muscular contractions during the workout and like we said the 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 stretching the lengthening is doing the exact opposite so why would you train your muscles before going in priming them or going in with the goal of contraction why'd you train them before that so what do you advise people do like you just don't walk into the gym coldly and start Working out. Do you have other things
0: non-stretching related pre-workout wise that you subscribe to your, yeah. to your men? Yep. So I do recommend mobility here. So mobility is gonna be different. And this is what's challenging is describing this on a podcast is very difficult. But um what we're doing is we're creating movement throughout the the so if we do a stretch in mobility work, it's it's two seconds, right? So I'm I'm not gonna take it past a two to five second count. So it's a dynamic stretch, if anything, but I'm using muscles to open myself up. So you could Google this one. This might, might be pretty broad for people, but if you Googled open book, there's an open book stretch, but we don't do this in a stretch standpoint. We do it through a movement. So um, this is where you'd lay on your side and you're stacking your knees and your hips, and then you're opening up your upper body, that thoracic spine, and we're getting rotation through the spine. Um, and again, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just find this on Google, but um, that open book is a way to activate the mid back muscles, which are typically weak, right? Because we're hunched over so, so much. So if I open, do open books, you know, that's a start for a good opener. Um, if I'm going to do some upper body work. Um, so yeah, so mobility is a great way, but we do a lot of muscle activation techniques. Turn the glutes on, turn the mid back yep. like posterior chain or backside of the body stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, when I was uh when I was, you know, really focused on building the fitness side of the business, I created a program. I mean, it's people can go buy it online right now, masthetic slash activate. It's purely based around uh you know these muscular act- activations, kind of pulling from some RTS principles. Mm-hmm. Um so this has been this has been fascinating. I love you, I love you so much, man. <laughs> um let's go back to twelve year old Rustin though, because I'm kind of curious. You know, you talked you, you described your father. Uh, as a monster in, in the house. And uh, I mean, those are, those are strong words. And, and you had this inkling, like, you know, I got to, I got to train, I got to get strong. I got to protect. Was that innate in you or did you have other men around you in your life, whether they were uncles, other type of men that you looked at and you're like, Oh, that's the example that I need to be.
0: That's a great question. You know what? I, I was the, um, the middle of three kids. So I had an older sister and a younger sister and then my mom, and then my dad. So I didn't have a man, another man in the household. Um, I I think throughout life, I had some coaches that were good examples of men that helped me kind of see. and, and, And even what's funny, this is crazy. This is a true story. So just like three weeks ago, I had a gentleman join my program who was my coach when I was little. And he literally said to me, I remember having to tell your dad to cool his jets the way he was treating you during baseball. And he's like, it's so weird because I was your coach and now I'm calling you my coach. <laughs> so it was a really cool moment. Um, and he's, he was just saying, you know, I'm so impressed with the man you've become. Um, but yeah, so I did have some men like that that helped me kind of at least see where I needed to head myself. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call my dad a monster now. I feel sorry for him now, but as a 12 year old, he was a monster but now i you know i feel so sorry for him and it's it's a uh, he's built himself a really rough road and taken a a really tough uh path but um yeah more than anything i just you know it's it's more some some empathetic feelings toward that whole situation uh where i am now anyway
1: yeah yeah well i know thank
0: you thank, thank
1: thank you for sharing that man i've i've talked a lot about you know uh i don't know if i share this with you one thing you know that i do not non-business related is i play you know i'm an active coach like in the lily like here i'm single guy like no kids like i know there's a need and demand for strong men role models because i've had these men in my life like i was asked on a podcast like about six months ago like who's been the most influential man like in your life and it was right around the time like the season was going so i think little league was kind of like fresh in my marriage fresh in my mind It like it wasn't vince or any of my other mentors that like i call on today it was like bob hall popped up bob hall was my literally coach from 10 to 12 years old like strong man little guy but powerful like big you know big time attorney worth millions of dollars had a mansion on a golf course but he he taught work ethic he taught discipline um he taught sportsmanship and and a lot of that has carried with me you know in in in, in into my adult life so um that's 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 really cool to hear that you've had you know coaches and and what a cool kind of you know kind of <laughs> circle it's it's all come back together with you coaching your coach man that's got to be that's got to be really cool that
0: was pretty cool yeah it was for sure yeah
1: where did where did the passion or, or 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 talk about the genesis of this muscular gentleman right you know obviously we've touched on on your background in the mobility space you know you ran some gyms created some products created certification how did that lead you into wanting to really talk about masculinity and really helping men
0: in all the areas of their life that's a great question so The origin of that, um, I was building my gym at the time. This was around 11 years ago. And my wife then uh, was having an affair. Now, here's the thing. I knew from watching my father what I didn't want to do or be. And so I knew what not to do. The problem with this, though, is I didn't know what to do because I never got to watch an example of a relationship where... A man stepped up and showed his masculine side, and what that tr- what truly masculine masculinity looked like. And so, what I did was I did my best, um, and unfortunately, it just wasn't. I, I saw where I took missteps, but obviously, I was in a relationship that was just toxic. Unfortunately, and because of that, fair, I had to get out of it. As I was getting out of it, I put myself through this rigorous place where I. I didn't want to go to alcohol. I didn't want to go to, you know, parties and do all this other stuff or drugs. I wanted to literally redefine myself because I realized yeah, I'm not gonna be my dad, but I'm also (laughs) kind of a a shell of a man still. Like I I just didn't know what these qualities needed. So I took my education. Um, obviously I'm building a gym at the time, but I just dove into my own nutrition. You know how trainers can do this, right? We we sit there and coach a million people and then There's just this lack of our own ability to push ourselves because I think we're just so driven by helping all these other people that we, we put ourselves last. And so I, I, I stopped doing that and I was like, if I want to be a high value man, I got to put myself first. And I didn't mean that in a selfish way. I meant that in the best way. So I went after my nutrition, I went after my lifting, and then I started reading book after book. I mean, we're talking, I think I'm 40 books in on masculinity just deep diving and, and trying to understand what that looked like. And as I was doing this, I remember thinking, I have to have a men's program one day for men like me that need this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's more centered around masculinity than anything, but that the food and the nutrition, or excuse me, the nutrition and the the exercise are part of that foundation though. You know, it's like, you and I have talked about this. You can't, you can't be the best man that you can be living out of this overweight, exhausted, foggy brain space. Like you just can't. And so, um, so that was kind of the catalyst was I had the fitness side down, but then it was like, how do I, how do I make this all encompassing? So men can actually, you know, pull themselves out of this rut, you know?
1: Yeah. But, but like I said at the beginning, right, you know, fitness was the entry point into kind of the self-development space. Same, same thing for me. You know, one thing you said that really, you know, really hit me, it's like you, you you didn't, you knew you didn't want to be your father, but you didn't have a great example. I had this like, it, it was honestly, it knocked me up the side of the head like three and a half years ago. Actually, prior to this whole journey I've been on now with Rebuilt Recovery in the porn side, this happened maybe six or eight months prior to that. I was in the relationship with Stephanie and we had gone through some trials and tribulations and like I used to always say like I learned so much about my dad about th- what I didn't want to be like I, I had that same exact conversation with myself right to this day I love my father I'm taking him to dinner on Saturday like he is one of the closest people in my life but growing up like we've had our we've had our trials that we had to go through but I used to say like you know I the, the biggest thing I got from him was the example of what I didn't want to be and Stephanie threw that back in my face she's like you say that she's like but the way that you live some of your habits some of the way that you you just operate subconsciously is your father because I didn't have a great example. I've lived with my dad for 18 years. So I just picked up on some of this unconsciously. And it's like, I've spent the last three and a half years unpacking all of that. And I was like, Oh my God. Like there were these little, Little little things like how I'd respond to somebody saying something, how I would react after something happened, or or how I would even react like in a meal time, or just if somebody didn't say something I liked, how I would respond. To that. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I picked up on all of this. Like I had to go back and and and, and rework this. So that, uh, that, that that really jumped out at me, man. When you said well,
0: that, I I still have to catch myself with. And, and oh, yeah, me, me too, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I—that's so true. All right, like we pick up on things. I'll do stuff that my mom's, you know, done that. I'm like, God, I used to hate that about my mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'll start doing stuff. But yeah, I mean, I still catch myself, and I'll even, even with my my wife, Bonnie. I'll literally tell her now. I'm like, Hey, if, if you catch me creeping this way or that way, you know, let me know, and she will. I love that. But I mean, there, yeah, there's just little things we pick up. We don't even know. It's crazy that subconscious level. That modeling, you know, it's there's research out there that um you know kids uh part of this is environmental, not just you know, it's not a genetic thing, but like where people with terrible posture, you just look at their parents and and posture. And there's all this research showing it's just modeling.
1: Walking. Walking is a big Walking, one. Walk yes, walk, walk, watch families. If you're ever out in public, watch families that have kids. The children will walk 90% of the time like one of the parents. Yeah, this okay. was something that I back in like, as a teenager, I was conscious about, it. cause my dad has these kind of like duck feet and my brother has it too. And I, and I caught myself back then like walking kind of duck feet. And like, that's not optimal from an athletic standpoint. That's not optimal for performance. Um, Now I've worked with some go to specialists to actually literally change my walking pattern. But I was intentional about it even through my teenage years that I didn't want to be this like frumpy, like duck footed guy. And like, fortunately, like I was aware about it. So I was able to model other people that I walk. You know, Ed Milette says something really powerful all the time. Like, like 90% of what kids are going to take away from their parents is going to be caught, not taught, right? They're going to pick up through watching and seeing and like 10% of what they say to them is actually what they're going to receive. So this is a, this is great, man. I want to definitely, I want to pivot here and really get into masculinity because you said you've read 40 books. Now, obviously this is a big passion. I actually about to, you know, when I asked you before we hit recording, like what's the one thing that you're fired up to talk about? So yeah, what is masculinity?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. So here's one thing that I will start with just so that everyone that's listening understands this from the get go. Masculinity and femininity are a type of energy or in my view, a characteristic that we can take on men and women can do both. So that needs to be understood right from the get go. A man can have feminine, uh, feminine energy or masculine energy and same with a woman. So, and it doesn't mean it's right or wrong, okay? Just because of, of, like if my my wife is this incredible mom, she takes on some pretty masculine qualities to be a mom of three and round them up and and take them through you know a day of keeping them from killing themselves because I've got a two year old, three year old that are looking at you know around every corner. But there's masculine qualities she'll take on for that role, and there's nothing wrong with it. Now, masculinity are a set of characteristics and qualities that a man can exude or um, display and create a magnetism between himself and the feminine. So, and this actually works with homosexuality too. If you watch homosexual couples, one will take on a more feminine role and one will take on a more masculine role. That's Mm. typically how magnetism or polarization works for attraction. Okay. So, Men wanting to maximize their attraction as a man, but also live a better life, like a higher quality life, will try to find these qualities. So funny you say this. I'm actually writing a book right now um, about masculinity called The Muscular Gentleman. And it's basically outlining the top 50 traits or characteristics of masculinity. So these are like logic, right? One of the most common masculine traits is a logical brain. We are more logical. The feminine is more emotional. And so that, again, it doesn't mean I'm not emotional. I'll get emotional, but in certain, for certain reasons, and and those reasons need to make sense. But if I'm too emotional around my wife for too long, she's going to lose attraction for me over time. Does that make sense? It's a deep subject with a lot of things we could discuss here, but what, what I want to do with, or how I want to help men is to pull out all those 50 traits or as many as we can and maximize them so that they can live their life. So, you know, uh, responsibility, you named several of them already today. Discipline. You watched your coach, uh, or uh, yeah, you said he was disciplined. Um, uh, he was sportsman, uh, a good sportsman. Those qualities are masculinity to a T. Um, but, but also understanding the feminine side is important because once you understand what the feminine is, you'll stop trying to make your woman more masculine. And this is what so many men, I think, struggle with, is uh, with a partner, they get into these, these spaces where maybe it's an argument, maybe they're tussling right, over something, and the man starts to try to get the woman to see his side to the point where he's actually start starting to pull her into a space where he wants her to think like a man or a masculine. Woman. And that actually is depolarizing to the relationship. So if a man can just see her in her feminine, which would be an emotional state, and it might even be like a storm an emotional storm but if he lets her be in that space and keep her keeps her in her feminine the 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 argument will actually dissipate in a lot different way um but yeah we get in our own way and i still i mean look i still fight this all the time this is a hard space to live out of because you're trying to be in your masculine and allowing a feminine to 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 be something that you're not and and that's hard uh, because it's uncomfortable and it's completely unrecognizable for us. But for them, it totally makes sense. I just kind of gave you a long, long answer. No, right? no,
1: no, 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 no. That's fantastic, man. does. So, I mean, we're talking here, you know, specifically about, you know, masculinity and kind of an intersexual, you know, relationship dynamics. Yep. Uh, is that the only place that it's going to appear itself or where, how does, ma- how does masculinity show up in other areas of our life where maybe there isn't even a, a, a feminine role or, or energy? Like, is that something where a masculine presence or masculine energy is still needed?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Great question. So yes, absolutely. So if I can bring to the table my masculine, so strength, that is probably for most people, one of the most common masculine traits that, that people are associate masculinity with is strength. So that doesn't just mean your muscles, but that means inner strength as well. Um, the feminine is more passive. The man is more strength. The woman is, um, you know, more intuitive. The male is more action oriented or masculinity wise. So If I take those roles on as men with higher testosterone levels in our genetic code as males, we have a higher, we can take masculinity to a much higher level than a female would, right? So maximizing those qualities like strength um, or discipline or certainty or decisiveness, those are all qualities um, that I teach and talk about. Those are things that also influence my work ethic. My my health, my you know day to day living, even outside of any relationship. But those all start to once I compound them and, and utilize those qualities. Yeah, I become a better man in general, right? And and then attraction is a byproduct.
1: Hmm. What's been the pushback, if any, that, that you received once, you know, stepping out and beginning to voice this, you know, because you're, you're saying some things here that, you know, I don't think it's going to trigger a large portion of, of this audience, but some of these things that we're sharing here, like we're seeing this playing out in the world today. And these are, you know, to say that strength is a, is a masculine trait, like there's this, there's this pushing way for the strong women, right? Like the girl boss, the fit boss chick. So what, if any, has been the pushback you've received and how have you dealt with that?
0: Yeah. So I've gotten women to respond in a sense like, well, yeah, we're strong, too, or um, I can be decisive. And I honestly I, I just say that's awesome. You know, um, if if so, let's pretend like you have a, a woman who is um, a high end CEO. OK, she's going to go to her workplace where she is a CEO and she is going to put on a masculine role, okay? She's going to be decisive, she's going to be uh she's going to take responsibility, she's going to be strong and and assertive in the way she handles situations at the workplace. That's I don't think that's a bad thing, okay? The problem though is when she comes home, if she's in a relationship and she doesn't take that masculine role off, now she's depolarizing the relationship because she's bringing that same masculine role to the relationship where the man would want to step up and to be in those masculine spaces. So her, her dilemma will be can she take off the mask of masculinity and take on her role of femininity within the relationship she goes to. When she can do that, um, which is fine. It's a balancing act. But if she can do that, then she's going she's gonna to get the best of both worlds for her. So I'm not saying you can't be masculine as a female. It's just where in your life are you masculine?
1: But what's the problem with, you know, the man, the husband being, you know, the home, the home, the homemaker, you know, there's a movie, I don't know if you recall this, like there's a movie, I believe it was in the eighties called Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. Like, you know, it's like he, I think, I don't know what happened, but the wife went out to work every day and he's vacuuming he's wearing an apron cooking dinner. Like what's wrong if a guy wants to do that? I don't
0: think it's wrong. I think a man can still run his home in a masculine state. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, so I, and I wrote a whole post on this. I don't think that, I don't think any household chore should take on the identity of of a masculine or feminine role, right? I do the dishes every day. Like, I don't think that's a feminine role, right? I don't think it's a. I find
1: like peace doing the dish. i don't know why it's this weird thing i've always enjoyed i've never yeah. used a dishwasher like i just enjoy <laughs> the cleaning of the dishes so i'm there. I'm, I'm with you there yeah. i think it's masculine to be clean and organized a hundred
0: percent that's that's where men i think fall short is like oh i i don't vacuum or i don't do the laundry or you know that's that's my wife's role or whatever and they, they like pick and choose somehow like What's a feminine role? And I think that's maybe I don't know from the '50s or something. But look, you should be able to take care of your home, you know. Regardless, everything in your house should be your domain, and you take care of it. That's just that's just a given. So I don't think you should try to do that. But I think a man that stays at home and things like that, he can still be decisive and show up uh, in a really masculine way. Um, if that's if that's where he's at in life, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just. Does he bring that to the table in the relationship he's in? Cause that's where if he doesn't, if both of you are masculine or both of you are feminine in the relationship, that's where attraction just gets lost real fast.
1: Yeah. Is there is there a question a guy can ask himself right now if maybe, you know, maybe he's hearing this and he's the first time coming across a conversation like this, he's like, Hmm. Is my, is my wife, you know, a little, like, is she bringing home masculine energy? Is there a way that a guy that is in a relationship currently can begin to see like, how is, how am I showing up? How she, how is she showing up? So you begin to make, you know, make, make the work.
0: Yeah. The, so the more, the more a man is masculine, the more a woman will become feminine, right? So she, there'll be little clues like where she'll giggle or, um, you know, she'll go into this space where she wants the man to lead. And the more, the more a guy can find that space where she's just wanting the man to lead the relationship. And I don't mean, when I say leadership or lead the relationship, that is a masculine role. I don't mean control or dominate the relationship. I just mean lead it where it's an inspirational, she wants to know what you're you're, you're choosing to do or where you wanna take the relationship. That That is huge. And I'll give you a good example for men listening. This should help you guys. So if you're in a relationship or when you get into one, okay, one of your masculine traits is decisiveness, okay? If you can be decisive, she's going to love you for it and she'll you'll create attraction this way. Here's where most men fail, okay? You, you hear this all the time, right? What do you want to do for dinner? And then the girl goes, I don't know, what do you want to do? And the guy's like, I don't know, you decide, I don't care. Okay, that happens to most couples probably like every other day or every day. Now, if you want to be the man that steps it up and becomes decisive, you would then say, hey, this is what I want to do for dinner. I want you to throw in that dress. Let's go to this Mexican restaurant down the street. I can't wait to take you. And she might, so you just went into decisive mode, right? Now she's going to stay in her feminine. And she's going to go, oh, I don't know. Like I feel bloated. I don't really want to do that. Like this isn't okay. That's fine. So as a man, don't get upset. Stay in your decisive masculine form. And you go like, okay, why don't we do this? Since you don't feel good, throw on some sweats. Let's go grab a pizza. Let's go home and watch a movie Again, you stay decisive. She might not even want to do that. Okay. It might be the third option. I don't know, but the more you continue to decide, the more she stays in this feminine state, but then she's like falling for you in those moments. So that's a way to create polarization. And it's weird because some men just get irritated by this example but it's so true because I'll I'll have my men do this as one of the first things to start initiating their masculinity. And they're like, oh my God, my my woman was all over me, or she just like loved it. And um, and it's just simple as being decisive, right?
1: Mm. So Dude, I love I love that so much, man.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that's kind of how we can create more attraction. Um, and that same, I guess, habit that you would create with that decisiveness. You bring that into your workplace, you bring that into other places, and you'll watch people respond to you in this really positive way because you're being masculine, you're being decisive
1: dude, that's so good man <laughs> um obviously you, i mean you, you you're you're somewhat familiar with you know a portion of this audience you know it's not they're not all here from from Rebuilt recovery, and I know it's you know we've 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 done a podcast for your show, I know you say porn isn't something you specifically address with your man, but I know you have your thoughts and opinions around it. Like why isn't watching porn something
0: that a masculine
1: man would do?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I see porn as it, it's emasculating. Um, you're watching and I, I, I don't know what people are watching, but you're watching essentially another man have sex with a woman. Um, that is, completely the opposite of what masculinity looks like, right? You're not taking the lead. You're not being the assertive one. You're standing back and watching something happen or somebody else do something to someone. Um, so, so it's, it's quite the opposite really of masculinity. It's not femininity either. It's, it's just this, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of the word beta, but it's just, you're sitting into this space where, um, you're just, uh, I guess a spectator And that's the furthest from masculinity, right? Uh, Masculinity is our our participant, a sportsman, right? Uh, Somebody who actively lives life. And unfortunately, that's just one way to take the masculine uh, side out of your... I, I think, too, if it becomes this... You deal with addiction, right? So I can only imagine the number of men that struggle to go interact with women after being addicted to porn and wanting to just walk up to a woman and talk to her in the right way, even right. It's, it's do, do they objectify the woman and then just struggle on what they're going to say because their minds in the wrong place.
1: Yeah. Is this something you, you, you work with your men, you know, like I'm sure you have a, a, a range of men, some of them married, some of them maybe in committed relationships but then single men. Do you coach men in, in approaching women in, in public?
0: I don't often, I have had a couple clients that I've worked with where we've talked about approaching women that were single. Um, and really, you know, it it does, it comes down to just these different qualities, being assertive, assertiveness is a masculine trait. So how do I help you become more assertive? Well, you don't have to necessarily practice being assertive, um, in front of a girl. You can just practice being assertive in everyday situations. So in the workplace, you know, how do you become more assertive? That can transfer over when you meet a woman because, now you're used to being assertive on a regular basis, whether it's with your boss or coworkers or whatever. Uh, so I usually tell men like, look, let's just get the qualities down and then when you get to that situation where it's in front of you. Confidence is a masculine trait and that confidence needs to be there, you know? Yeah, well, Well, it, it brings
1: us to, you know, the statement, how you do one thing is is how you do everything. Like if you're struggling with assertiveness, don't go to the area that is most Uh, fearful for you to practice your assertiveness practice the assertiveness in the place where you feel most safe and comfortable and establish that as a part of who you are and then take yourself your being into the approach as the assertive man and just show up authentically as yourself and you're gonna show up as an assertive man right like
0: spot on spot on. yes yeah I think too I think and I'm not dogging on those coaches out there that teach like Approach, and I think there's a lot of. Uh... I want
1: to though. I want to get into where, like, what is going wrong in the space of men coaching other men in masculinity and the pickup, because there is a lot of scam artists out there. There are a lot of people teaching sleazy tactics, and if 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 the men listening to this are following any of that, I want them to know like that is not the right the right way. Like, there's a reason why I have you here today, so we don't need to throw any names out there. But I do want to address some of these, you know, toxic. I don't think is the right word, but some of the things that are that are that are that are misleading men. And are actually setting them up to be scam artists, sleazy men, you know, we're using manipulative tactics. So speak to some of this, if you can, like, like, what, what are you seeing out there in the world from men that are leading other men in the wrong way?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I think the approach is, um, it's, it's like, let's, let's beeline it to sex. Right. And that's the problem is, is like you and I, we pull men into our program for fitness, weight loss, all, all these other things, right? And then we dive into to the quality of, of, of a man uh, quitting porn, becoming more masculine. To me, that's all, like, that's high quality, right? But there are men out there who want to bait and switch guys into coaching by just saying, let me help you have more sex. Let me help you land, you know, a new chick every night. And it's just so wrong. But I think that's the problem is they're just going straight to this. How do I help you? pick up chicks immediately and have sex instead of saying, how do I help you become a, a more masculine, better man? And then you'll find quality sex. And now let me, let me say this. I think that every listener, sh- this is t- to me, some of the best advice that you, you could pick up on this podcast on this episode. If you want to have the best sex of your life, okay, it is not the, the blue pill or a sex toy or some, amazing tantric sex position. If you can amplify your masculinity and, and you help her fall into her feminine, I'm telling you, you'll have the best sex of your life. I don't care how crappy of a job you do. It will be the most heart pounding sexual experience of your life because the magnetism and the polarization will be so strong that nothing else matters. It will not matter. Because she'll just melt in your arms. I'm telling you that right now. And the way to do that are like programs like yours, Rich. Like, you know, getting your mind clear of porn, getting your body fit again, getting the fat off your body, which again causes major issues for men, um, raising estrogen levels, things like that. And I'm sure you've talked to Funk about stuff like this. Uh, But let's maximize your testosterone levels. There's all these ways to become more masculine. And it's not the jumping after the, like, how do I pick this girl up right now where I'm at? Like, you haven't done the
1: work yet. Dude, I see it. You know, I see it in my space, right? And I see like, oh, like you're struggling with porn. Just go sleep with a lot of women. It's like, I dropped a quote on social media today. um, and It hasn't got a lot of traction. And I thought it was going to get a little bit more pushback. But uh, curious your thoughts on this. So um, let me see if I can remember. Uh, 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 No man should pursue an intimate relationship with a woman until he has mastered the ability to transcend his own innate physical desires and it's like don't go to try to sleep with women if you can't control your your, your porn addiction like don't go sleep with women if that's if that's the only goal in objective so um
0: yeah kind of i love that it what i think what people don't like about that is you're you're speaking to either someone with porn addiction or you're speaking to somebody who is just uh, maybe just addicted with sex yeah Tell them that I struggle with both, so i I, I know what it and, is and I think what guy hasn't at some point right i I just think it it so but yeah if if you want to maximize your masculinity the 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 process becomes how do I have control over my sexual desires? when a woman feels when a woman feels that you want her but you don't need her, and we've talked about this when she feels that though. Uh, her sexual attraction goes up. So this is what's funny is what you're telling people is actually a way to increase sexual attraction with a female. And and that's where people, I think, it's hard to see outside that box, right? Um, but but when she feels that you just want her or you can wait, like I've had times in my relationship where, you know, we both wanted to, but circumstantially it didn't work. And I've been the one to step up and say, you know what, we can't right now, we've got too much going on in that. And man, did she want to rip my clothes off because I, I put a halt to it. And I was like, well, we, we gotta wait till ne- another time. Um, that's just a testament to the fact that they want you to be able to say no. They want you to be able to be in control of that part of your of your anatomy and and, and you know, that second brain. When you have that control, you're creating more attraction. It just makes the sex that much better. And I think instead of going after quantity, we're going after quality here. You've got to focus on that, you you know.
1: Speak speak to that a little bit though, because I think I think we're getting on something really important here, right? Like there's a difference between attracting a woman and attracting a girl, right? You know, like and 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 that has nothing to do with the age of the individual. Um, so it, 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 talk to that if 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 you can a little bit.
0: Yeah. So uh, and this is what's so hard with the masculine feminine because there's a lot of broken people and a oh, lot of women. Yeah. All of us. And we, we learn to cope through life by putting on different roles. And so a lot of women can put on a more masculine role out of protection for themselves and rightfully so. Um, but the problem is it can create some issues within the relationship where if you're showing up as your masculine, um, her masculinity, it's like your job is to help her heal and kind of like pull away that masculine mask and, and fall into her feminine, that's where you start to find this higher quality woman. Um, but but if you're chasing after quantity, or if you're chasing after um, the, you know, let's say you're getting the coaching where you're just learning to pick up women at the bar, you're gonna find a woman that probably uses masculinity in quite a lot of ways. That's gonna screw with you. If you go a different route and you become the high masculine man, and you look for a woman in the, wherever that might be, but you meet the right woman she's most likely going to be in her feminine state because you're already, you're already exuding that, that masculine mm. attraction. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we're, what we're really, you know, speaking to here is,
1: I mean, there's an element of, of delaying some, some gratification, right? So yes. um, yeah, no, this is, this, this is great. I want to, I want to touch on a, it would be a disservice, right? If we have a conversation on masculine and we didn't address toxic, Masculinity, right like it's just this it's this fancy buzzword it's thrown around the media it creates you know social media arguments and, and whatnot what are your thoughts and takes on it what is it why is it a why is it a problem is it even really a thing yeah just speak to toxic masculinity here for, for a bit because you mentioned it at the beginning
0: it, this is so funny you bring this up i actually uh, just taught this um uh when yesterday on a uh on a coaching call to a, a group of men and i actually have kind of created what i call a spectrum It's called the masculinity spectrum. So if you picture the listeners, just picture a line and we're going to create a spectrum. So on the far left line would be weak masculinity. And then if we slide to the middle of that line, it would be true masculinity. And then if we slid all the way to the other end, the right side of that line, it would be toxic masculinity. Now, I believe all of these are real because masculinity is more about our traits and what we can exude. Um... Basically, toxic means poison. That's what toxic means. It's it's a poison, right? So what we so on the weak side, this would be somebody like a man who's withdrawn, um, or negative, or right. It's like these are masculine, almost masculine traits, but they're they're weak. They're weak because they're not pulling themselves into the strength of masculinity. So instead of being withdrawn, I'd rather be uh, certain or assertive or strong and stable. Those are, those are true masculine traits. Now, if I wanted to take assertiveness and wanted to make it toxic, here's how you would kind of link this up. I would slide assertive all the way to the right and I would change the word assertive to controlling or dominant or abusive. And now I'm sliding these great qualities that I can use to live life and I'm using them probably out of fear um, is most likely where these toxic traits stem from are men living in fear. Um, Same with weak masculinity. I think they're both fear based. Um, Well, fear of (laughs) who? Not right. So so if I'm a man and I'm in a relationship or and I'm trying to be and I want to become toxic and I become controlling, I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid I um, am going to be cheated on again. Or I'm afraid, you know, who knows the exact fear, right? It's person to person. But I think these fears push men into toxic states. Do you, or, you think
1: that's showing up? I, I don't I don't want to cut you here, but do you think that's showing up due to past incidences or traumas or to lack of integrity maybe in their own life?
0: Both, both. Because one, right? If, like for me, I've experienced trauma in multiple ways, right? I was cheated on, okay? So do I have a fear of being cheated on again? Absolutely. Can I live out of that fear? No, it'll kill me. So I could live that way or I was abused as a kid. So I could uh, become abusive myself, um, and, and go that route. So there's, I mean, we're all susceptible to something like that, right? Some, some form of toxicity. Um, but, uh, it's hard to know what, what, you know, nail it down. But I think controlling is, is a really good toxic masculine trait that people could, can, you know, they've seen people doing this, right? pretty yeah. obvious this is
1: this is this is this is your spectrum but i know you know i know the media or the world yes. is is looking at toxic masculinity a little bit differently correct yes. well so what are what are what are they addressing and like let's uh let's debunk that if it's possible
0: yep yep so so now the media takes toxic masculinity and they don't really have the same characteristics or traits that i use as masculinity like leadership and responsibility and things like that they're taking well and this is what's hard they're taking masculinity in general and considering it toxic to, to many levels i think so, they're taking men and they're saying just yes, men, men is masculinity yes, and men, men are toxic. toxic You're men you and this is this is society right this is uh but yeah you're a man so you're toxic and your masculinity is the problem so this is what's funny and, and i think you've seen this too right so um once and this is a sad circumstance by a million degrees, but once the Ukraine war started, people started to use this as a reference to to fighting against this toxic masculinity and saying how interesting these men are willing to fight and to step up and kill people and slaughter and use their strength to take someone down. And it's no longer toxic, right? They're like, like oh, that's funny because... If this happened here in America, you would be wanting us to all step up and be men. Um, and Jordan Peterson, I think, is one of the best spokespeople on men and masculinity and saying, whoa, like, this is absolutely necessary that we're here and that we step up and bring this masculinity to the table. Um, when I described dominance and controlling and these different things in the toxic uh, spectrum, those actually all work to the advantage of somebody at war or protecting their family. or ha- So it's an interesting thing because I would need to be dominant and controlling and abusive toward the wrong person, toward an enemy to protect my family. I would need all those toxic traits. They just don't fit into a societal or a relationship standpoint. So it's really hard because this spectrum, you know, it, it, it depends on what it's used for. But the society is definitely – made it out that our ability to be stronger than the female is some horrible thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Is this a
0: byproduct of feminism? Yes. Now I will tell this to the men. I, I, I literally don't spend an ounce of my time trying to fight feminism. I just want men to show up as a masculine man and literally blow the socks off of people of the quality that you can help people with, right? Of being the man that you are that's how you speak to feminism. You don't sit there and worry about what they're doing or try to stop them or try just change their mind. Okay. Like we all as men can step it up together and start helping one another and helping the, like e- exactly what you talked about, Frank. I love this. You said that you are changing these little boys lives, teaching uh, uh baseball, right? Little league that this is, this is what we need. We, we need other men because Not all of us had the father that we should have had, right? I wasn't, but I needed a man like you in my little league, right? I had coaches that stepped up and if we're not doing that, we're, we're not being our true masculine selves. I mean, I'm telling you right now, our job is to help change the people around us, not just get sex or, you know,
1: whatever. Chase, chase me on um, this pleasure yeah no I know I know yeah. you're probably I know you're probably familiar with 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 this quote right uh strong men create good times good times create weak men when weak men create hard times and hard times create strong men familiar yes. with it right where yes. do you feel we're
0: sitting in that right now we're definitely um we're I think we're in the hard times where we're about to start creating strong men but I think we're currently watching a ton of weak men. I think we're transitioning right now from some good times
1: uh, that has that we've had good times for a long time, right? We've had the longest uh, we've had the longest financial uh, rise, you know, where I don't want to get too much into kind of what's going on. But I think we're coming out of good because we've been there for a long time. We've seen a rise of weak men in leadership uh, around the world. Uh, so I think we are transitioning to exactly what you're saying into those hard times. And this is going to be the calling, right? This is going to be the rising up through the muscular gentleman, through the superman life, through rebuild recovery, through the order of man with Ryan and all these other men that we brought here today. That's why I'm so passionate about elevating you up and getting, you know, your, your, your platform out there. So yeah,
0: no, I love it. Yeah. I, I just, and that's the thing. I, there's not enough of us. There's not enough men out there wanting to step it up. It's, it's, it scares me. <laughs> um it, it, there's complacency these the mediocrity i don't know where that's going to go but uh you can only chase pleasure for so long before you realize that your life is empty you know and i think these kids right they watch their parents work a 9 to 5 to collect all these toys and then what it's depressing if you're a kid that's depressing to watch cuz for all for what you know um and i think when kids can see uh, fathers and other men living life with purpose like a deep purpose then they're, they're challenged to want to live a better life. It doesn't become boring.
1: I I I know you're you're a man of faith. Is it something you uh you you dress and bring into to your program? And if so, like is faith uh you know a a masculine or or feminine trait?
0: I wouldn't say faith is a masculine or feminine trait. I um I think it's it's a neutral. I think it's a neutral uh trait. I I think that uh, there's a ton of quality, like, I think a man of faith can exude a ton of masculine traits pretty quickly. Uh, you know, just look, sift through Proverbs for 10 minutes. You'll start seeing probably a million things I'm saying in a different way. Um, so, but you know, it's interesting. The muscular gentleman is a neutral, a a religion, a neutral, I guess, religious, uh, platform. I, I want men to find their masculinity and find that deeper calling in their life. And I'm hoping that it allows them to find what they're looking for and, um, knowing that what I stand behind, uh, falls in line with the Bible, if that makes mm. sense.
1: No, 100, 100%.
0: So, you know, I, I, open it, I open that door to everyone to just join the muscular gentlemen and, um, and knowing that, yeah, those traits can literally just coincide with mm. their beliefs. No, mm-hmm. lo- lo- love that so much, man. Two quick kind of rapid fire questions
1: here, uh, yeah. then we'll plug our stuff, and then we'll then we'll bring it home with the last question, like to end every single episode. You mentioned you read, you know, at this point, forty plus books on topic of masculinity. Top three books that men can walk away from today, uh, if they want Ooh. to go deeper on some of these topics. Yeah,
0: top three. You know, here's some books that address, I would say, um, like habits and qual like. These are habits and lifestyle changes that will up the quality of your masculinity. So Ed Mylett, uh, his book, "The Power of One More," the, uh, the the are you talking about Max Out? Max Out. Okay, dude, yep. you got to get
1: Ed's new book. Like, okay,
0: throw Max Out away because he okay. blows
1: it out of the water with uh, the power with the great. power of
0: one more. Okay so that's a, not, to, one- not to steal your answer but Oh no, no that's <laughs> perfect now I got trust me it'll literally be on audible tomorrow morning while I'm showering Um but yeah so Ed Mylett's great right and his podcast is good too um I love his stuff um Jordan Peterson uh his book the 12 rules is a great book um excellent as far as just starting to increase your 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 value as a man and your masculine uh traits phenomenal book you you pulling it out on me. Uh, well I got it, I got I got it in my lead <laughs> right yeah, there. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um the the
1: the twelve rules is is on the coffee table because I've been reading it in the morning and then twelve rules right right, right
0: there. No. <laughs> twelve rules, yep. That's a great one. Um now th- now here's a dark book. This is an interesting book. And I want people if if they're gonna read this, read this with a grain of salt because it's very interesting. It's based on a lot of research, but there's a book called Atomic Attraction. Mm. That one and I don't it, have it is one you want to read like i said with a grain of salt um but it's based, it's research based and it's helping men see where they they've taken missteps into building attraction as a man and being a man um he'll address you know the basics like working out and things like that but it is an interesting book i i find it rewarding for a lot of my men where they depending on where they are in the program to read that one um but it is something you should check out yeah
1: yeah. Thoughts on the this 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 is this is one extra question here, but thoughts on the you know the red pill community or, or Rolo Tomasi and kind of kind of the rational male. Like I don't wanna you know I don't want to attack anybody, but do you have any thoughts and opinions around uh that that kind of manosphere approach?
0: I think he's on I think he was on to something. Um I read his first uh, rational male book. I think he's got like four or five out now. Um uh, but I, I think the concept's interesting. The idea, I think that uh what is it um he he basically touches on um hypergamy and this 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 thought that women will always be looking to find the higher value male or the alpha male and will leave you the second they feel like you're not their best option you know that kind of stuff is some of the things that he touches on and there's more but uh i think in today's society if you took a hundred people you put them in a room and 50 of them are men and 50 of them are women. I don't think each woman's going to go straight to the alpha male or the biggest quote-unquote male in the room because they're not looking to survive. No one's threatening to kill them. Um, now, is there some maybe primal traits that help them decide? Sure. But I think that uh, attraction and, and all that stuff is so different today um, that some of it holds weight, some of it doesn't. I don't know. No, what are your no, I, I think I'm, I think I'm right there
1: with you. You know, obviously, a lot of his a lot of his work is is cited and referenced in reference and kind of an evolutionary psych- psychology uh kind of backing. You know, I think that's where he did a lot of his a lot of his research. But yeah, they're 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 looking at, you know, the history of humans for. Thousands, tens of thousands of years, and saying like, "Yeah, we've evolved since then. We're not living, you know, in tribes, and you know, we don't have to worry about lions and you know, predators." So, I think some of the the the, the foundational principles are innate. And what I what I don't like is he's speaking averages or kind of the middle, but then he's addressing it in a way like it is all women. I think that's probably where I I don't fully align with that because it's not all of it. It's like, but there, there is, there's definitely some good information that a man knowing can, can use. Does it need to be the Bible at which you, you live your life? No, I think there's only one book that should, should serve that role for you. Um, but I definitely yeah. think that's probably some, some good stuff. I mean, if, if if you read a book and you can't extract one lesson out of it, you should probably <laughs> learn how to read a little bit better. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, this comes back to, you know, this is what I tell my men, look, maximize your masculinity and those traits of being a man. Yeah. And you'll create the right attraction for the right woman.
1: Yeah. No, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So um go ahead, you're gonna finish.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it comes down to that. Not trying to be this alpha in every room, kind of situation, it, I just don't see it, that it, going it, far. Exactly, because that's
1: that's that's a projection, and, and I I can read right through those guys, and I'm sure I'm sure you do too. Um, yep. You talked about the book that you're writing. Uh, you know, fifty you know fifty traits here. Um, I know it's hard to maybe you know cipher them down to you know the top three, but you know, give the listeners maybe something to walk away with, think about, begin to work on in themselves. Are there maybe two or three traits that men should really be intentional about developing?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things I teach in the program um, is, and I'm sure you've heard this, but I want men to think about becoming the oak tree. And the oak tree basically represents, this is a tree that can withstand insane storms. Okay, There's so many trees. If a storm comes in, those things are, branches are all over the place. They're coming down. The oak tree can withstand some of the strongest, worst storms ever. And they stay still and they're stable. So I think stability as a man is one of our biggest and best qualities that we can create for ourselves. That also entails though, um, our strength, right? And that's an inner strength, not just an outer strength. You can't just go on the outside here, but that inner strength of validity, meaning you're not seeking validation from the outside, from a woman, from, you know, porn, from all these other places we can go, a video game, right? But we find validity in ourselves. So we create stability there that inner strength, and then being able to, to use, um, the different qualities. There's so many, but to be a leader, uh, leadership is such a strong quality that we can have and it can create such an influence on the people around us that I think that, that we need more leaders, uh, as men and it's our job to do it. I mean, there's nobody else. Look, this is, this is what you've been handed. You were born this way. And this is what we have to step into is that space of leadership but it's going to take a lot and it's not going to be easy. Um, that's one thing I think we're so used to, we want everything to be so easy and it's just, it's not going to
1: be. Yeah. Yeah. No, no incredible, man. And and I, I second that we need, we need men, the guys out there listening, like we need you guys to, to step up and hopefully we're, you know, we're, we're providing the tools, you know, the strategies, the mindset principles, the belief system to do that. So Russ, and this has been so incredible, man. Thank you. You know, thank you just for, for coming on and it's been an amazing dude. Like I told you, you know, the beginning i told you on your show like could talk to you for for hours so we definitely got we definitely got a lot more coming between the two of us guys so stick around because we're going to be doing a lot of a lot of fun and exciting stuff if guys want to learn more about you uh they want to find out about the muscular gentleman kind of plug working people connect with you if they got information you know maybe they're interested in joining the program where where, where are you hanging out these days and then we'll uh, we'll bring everything home with our final question
0: yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, if you just look up Rustin Webb, Ruston Webb, R-U-S-T-O-N Web W-E-B-B, you'll find me on Facebook. I hang out there a lot. Um, but you can also check out The Muscular Gentleman on my website, which is www.themusculargentleman.com. Got it.
1: Incredible, guys. Yeah, so we'll get all that plugged down. Um, Rustin's got a podcast he's going to be launching soon. Um, we got an episode coming up with with the two of us, so we'll get all his information uh, shared down in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description box below. So, Rustin, we'd like to end every episode here with a final question. I will say the title of the show is The Superman Life. You know, the genesis for me was my own story, and it was coming to... Uh, the belief. So when I talk about living a superhuman life, it, I really operate out of a belief system uh, that I believe we all put here on this earth for a purpose. Uh, so there's a divine calling on each one of uh, each one of our lives. But it's not just enough to know that you're here for a purpose. You have to be intentional about how you show up every single day. Intentional about developing your body. It's intentional about developing your mind uh, and all these other characteristics. So that's what I talk about when I when I really talk about living a, uh, a superhuman life. But I like to end uh, every single show here with getting the guest take. So Mr. Rustin Webb. How would you define living a superhuman life?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would definitely concur with everything you just said. And I would say that you live your life in the journey in the sense that the the idea that you want to level up every day doesn't end. It, there's no arrival. And as soon as you think you've ri- arrived somewhere, there better be another mountain you're trying to to, to climb, right? Because- that is our job as humans. Is to, that superhuman life? It, it just doesn't stop, right? Um, so yeah, one, don't don't get complacent. It's never going to work.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, complacency is not is not a masculine trait, uh, guys. You heard it here. Uh, step up, level up. Uh, stability, strength, leadership. We've given you so much value here today, Russ, and this has been amazing. Uh, guys we love you out there if you're getting value out of these shows we've really seen some tremendous growth and it's all because of you like we're just I'm just a dummy with a microphone that likes to talk to interesting people you guys are what's driving the growth of this show so we're so incredibly grateful uh, so if you're new here and you, and you just found us uh, you can still support us and in, in, in by leaving a five star rating and written review but more importantly I think this is where the value of this show comes into play if there's a man in your life that maybe is struggling with his own masculinity or maybe something here clicked and you're like oh so and so needs to get this uh, do us the favor but do them bless do them the blessing of sharing this conversation with them but for russ and Webb, frank richard super life we love you guys and we'll see you next week